uh, you look very refreshed after the break. Or maybe I'm just speaking that into, into what I wish to see. It's good though. James, you really, really blessed us this morning. So thank you so much. The praise and worship was outstanding. But I love that word that you brought about new and what it really means. I mean, it's a unique newness that transcends what we can think about. In other words, that's better than we could think about. We could not think it up ourselves. It's godly, uniquely godly. You know, it's just above and beyond. It's that kind of new. We're looking at a little bit of that kind of theme today. So it's just amazing how God speaks. You know, that's how the Spirit works. Through various people, God basically confirms the word in season that He has for us. And I truly believe God has a word in season. Now today's sermon, I have to say, is not my normal usual sermon in that it is much more practical, much more personal than usual. So that is the disclaimer that I'm putting out there right at the beginning. And it has a bit of practical elements in it, uh, which I will explain later. So you're going to hopefully hear a lot less of my speaking and a lot more of God speaking into your heart. And, and the idea is that we facilitate something rather than just preach, if I can put it that way. So let's see how it goes. It's, uh, it's something that I often do with students, but not often in a sermon. So let's see how it goes. The theme this morning is this, take stock and re-strategize for a new year. We're still in that phase or that period of the year that we can consider, you know, it's the beginning of the year, we're still gearing up for the year, some of us have started working already, uh, but there's still that sense of newness, it's a new year, we wonder what it's going to bring, and we wonder how we are going to do this year. How's it going to be? I think the beginning of a year is a natural window of opportunity for a personal stock take. It's always that. It's almost like God's built these rhythms into our lives, and I think the beginning of the year is one of those. Usually also at the beginning of the year, just before the beginning of the year, we have those few days off between Christmas and New Year, and it's an interesting thing that happens in that space when we come to a standstill Suddenly, we start thinking about things again, whereas throughout the year, when it's busy, we just do. And it's as if God gives us these breathers and these rhythms to rethink, refocus, renew, re-strategize. For what reason would we want to do this? For what reason do we want to take stock and re-strategize for a new year? Because, as Paul said to Timothy, be diligent in these matters pertaining to living a godly life. That is now my addition there, just to explain it a little bit. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. And there's this thing built into the Bible about growth and progress. It's an interesting thing because on the one hand, God loves us just the way we are, but on the other one, too much to let, let us stay that way. So God loves us just the way we are, but too much to let us stay that way. You know, there's always this interesting, wonderful tension in the Bible. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. 
Watch your life and doctrine closely. Now, another word for this today would be let's take stock and let's re-strategize for this year coming. You can see it's already becoming very practical. And in case you wondered, the word diligent here is a very powerful word. It really just means that. Characterized by steady, earnest, and energetic effort. You can almost say diligent discipline. With diligent discipline, Timothy, this is now Paul speaking, with diligent discipline, Timothy, give yourself wholly to grow in these things so that everyone can see that you are progressing. And watch your life and your doctrine. In other words, take stock of these things constantly. Reflect, rethink, renew, re-strategize. That's the notion and the sense behind this text. So I believe there's two ways, well, there's actually quite a few more, but two ways this morning that we're going to look at that we can do a personal stock take. And we're actually going to do it in the service. So prepare yourself psychologically already. It's going to be fast and furious and vicious. Not really. I had a chat with Nick beforehand, and he's given me a few tips. And you know, when Nick becomes involved, it goes to a different plane in space. <laughs> it's not really like that. But anyway, two ways to do it. The one is measure your life against the Bible, your life health against the Bible. Wow, that sounds beautiful, but it's a little bit too vague. <laughs> So let's make it more specific. Measure your life against the tenets of Proverbs. Okay, wow, that, that starts to make sense. The second way, I'm just going to put it up there. The second way is we're going to use something that I call the seven dimensions of life tool, which I'll explain. We have used it before in the Prune of June series, and we're going to use it again. Some of you would know it by now. Others won't, but I'll explain it carefully, and we're going to do it this morning. So let's go to the first one first. Measure your life against the tenets of Proverbs or your life health. I believe Proverbs is the following. It's a synopsis of ways, of wise ways to do life and to make it meaningful. God is interested in our lives as healthy lives, as shalom lives, complete, whole, and well, and as lives that causes flourishing. In other words, that are meaningful onto others, onto ourselves, onto this world, onto God. So meaning in that sense. Basically, you know, Proverbs is about God's idea of a good and meaningful life. I'm just going to have a look at this. It actually says it in chapter 1. So have a look at this. It's message translation. Is it on there? Yes. These are the wise sayings of Solomon, David's son, Israel's king, Written down so we'll know how to live well and right. To understand what life means and where it's going. Now, beginning of a new year, where is life going? You know, you can see the, the connections. A manual for living, I like that. It's actually quite strong if you think about it. Oh, the manual for living. It talks about Proverbs as such a manual for living, and we know the whole Bible itself is also such a manual for living. So it's a manual within a manual. For learning what is right and just and fair to teach the inexperienced the ropes and give our young people a grasp on reality. Basically, I think another way to say that is to give them common sense. There's something here also for seasoned men and women. Just at the moment where we thought, oh, 
I'm so glad that today's sermon is actually really for the young people and not for me. No, it's not. Because this is, there's something here also for seasoned men and women. Still a thing or two for the experienced to learn. Wow, I like this concept. I mean, it's, it's as if God says, you're never too old to learn. We know that saying, but we sometimes we think, yeah, right. No, it is really so, the Bible says so. And I believe that with God, there's always something new. With God, there's always the next thing that God wants us to grow into. It's an exciting journey. Fresh wisdom to probe and penetrate the rhymes and reasons of wise men and women. Start with God. The first step in learning is bowing down to God. Why? If I cannot bow down to God as the ultimate teacher and coach and mentor, I'm not teachable. I will not learn. And I will not grow. If I cannot submit to God, that's basically the end of the line. You know, that's where I stop growing, so to speak, in godly senses. Only fools thumb their noses at such wisdom and learning. It's a fantastic text. Okay, still a bit abstract, so, so I want to make it more practical. So what's going to happen now is I'm going to hand you a piece of paper, and my esteemed handing out team is ready and has been warming up the whole morning. We've practiced this about seven times at, at, at home. They will now hand you a piece of paper, and it has two sides. We are only going to work with the one side first. You will see two chapters from Proverbs on the one side. There's some pens here in front as well. If you want a pen, you're most welcome to take one. Uh, there should be some pens in the, in the benches as well, I think, or the pews. So while we hand it out. Now, with the other ear... Have a look at what we're going to do with it. What should you do with it? This is it. Choose one of these two chapters to read. You don't have to read both. I wanted to build in a bit of variety, and that, that's where I, why I gave you two. Choose a chapter to read. From that chapter, discern one piece, only one, one piece of wisdom that speaks to your life right now and will help you to re-strategize what you do and how you do it. I'm going to repeat that so that we are sure that we are on the same page. Choose a chapter to read. One of those two chapters that you have on the piece of paper. We're going to spend a bit of time, five minutes or so. We're just going to read through that. Just grab a hold of the, of the text or the passage, the, the part, the whatever, the verse that jumps out at you. Discern one piece of wisdom that speaks to your life right now and will help you to re-strategize what you do and how you do it. Before we do that, we're going to pray together. So, hold on. For those who are already halfway through it, God will forgive you. It's all good. This is the second part of it, and maybe this is why we really need to pray. The challenge is then to share that with someone else. Now, I know some people would feel, no, I'd rather just think about this quietly on my own, and that's okay. So, you're not obliged to share. But there's something beautiful in us as a community sharing with one another because in that way, we help one another grow through our own experiences. So if you are willing, once you've done this, just find somebody around you and quickly share, this is my thing. You don't have to say why, you don't have to expand, you don't have to go into it, but just share that so that we can learn from one another. It only has to be one thing.
Maybe 10 thoughts out of what you read will capture your mind. You can go and work on the other nine at home. But for now, we're only going to focus on the one thing that, that surfaces most strongly for you. Let's pray together. Lord, as we go into these practical exercises, two of them, of which this is the first, we now pray, Holy Spirit, that you yourself would work in our minds and hearts and that you would quicken our understanding and our attention to what you want us to focus on as something that has to be re-strategized for 2019 in our lives. So we pray, Lord, help us to see it. Help us to understand it. Help us to grab hold of it. And help us to work with it together with you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And you now have five minutes, and there it goes. I'll be doing the rounds and just be available if you need help. Feel free to put up your hand and I'll come to you. Something that's a deep blessing about hearing God speak into other people's hearts, learning from one another, hearing that collective um, hearing of, of the voice of God in people's hearts. So we learn from one another. That's what the good and beautiful community is about that God is establishing and wants to establish in churches and in our midst. You know, so there's something stunning about it. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for um, being obedient to the call to also share as a blessing into somebody else's life. We have a second tool, and that's the other side of the page, and I'm thinking that I'm maybe not going to get us to do it because uh, we're going to blow out the time if we do it. Let's see how we go. Maybe I can cut this short. We'll see how it goes. Say again. Oh, is that? I thought it was already quarter to 12, and I thought, hmm. <laughs> if it's only 11 o'clock, we can actually do it because the other one is supposed to take five plus minutes again. We'll see how it goes. This is the Seven Dimensions tool. It's a tool that I developed together with a team years ago and that I found to be unbeatably good in what it does. Uh, it's a tool about the dimensions of our life. So other side of the piece of paper you received, and this is what it looks like, more or less. It has seven dimensions of life in it. Now, there's different models that has a different number of dimensions of life that is identified. I find this one the, the most succinct and helpful. Um, some models have recreation as an, ele as, a, as an eighth dimension, but I believe there's, there's rest and relaxation and recovery in every dimension of your life in some way, shape, or form, so it permeates everything. Um, let me explain it a little bit. So... It starts right there on the right-hand side, spiritual dimension. Spiritual dimension does not in the first place mean my relationship with God. That's not what it means. Because God cannot be contained in one dimension of my life only. What should happen is God should go to the center of my life. Let me show you like that. That's the Greek sign theater, which is often used for the word God, theos. Theater, and we use that as an abbreviation for God in theology. 
So God is to be at the center of my life and in every area or dimension of my life. So God is not just in my spiritual dimension. He's in every dimension of my life. So the spiritual dimension here means those ministry activities I'm involved in with God. So in other words, it's about ministry. It's about doing things for God. It's about doing things with God, more, more with God than for God. Does that make sense? So it's, it's not in the first place my relationship with God, which is in every area of my life. It's about ministry activities with God. Then emotional dimension is my relationship with myself. How healthy am I on the inside? Do I think? Now, obviously, it's a self-reflection tool, but we're doing it together with God. So listen to the Holy Spirit speak into your heart as you do this exercise. It's not just about the first and foremost thought. It's about, Lord, where do you think? Help me think about this in the way that you want me to. Help me to be honest with myself. Now, we're not going to share this time. This is a self-exercise. So it's not going to be sharing. Lord, how healthy am I on the inside? Work, how healthy am I in terms of the work that you've called me to do? Is my vocation also my ministry and my calling? Lord, how is it going in that area of my life? How is it going with my intellectual growth, my learning of new things? Is there a discipline there? Am I doing that intentionally? Is it going well? Am I learning? Am I growing? Social dimension, how well is it going with my relationship with other people? So remember, emotional dimension is relationship with myself. Social dimension is relationship with other people. Physical dimension, how healthy am I physically? How's it going there with my sleep, my eat, my exercise, my physical health and well-being? And we have doctors on standby, should you feel the need. And then financial dimension, how well is it going there? In terms of money matters and managing my finances, the finances that God entrusts to me. How is my stewardship looking? Stewardship of what God gives. So that's the seventh dimension exercise. Now how it works is like this. If you look at that on the, on the screen, the idea is that in every one of those dimensions, think about the outer rim as ten. And 10 being 100%, this is the best you can score. Right in the middle, see that as your zero point, and then mark yourself in every dimension where you think you are. So for instance, this person has tested spiritually, yeah, I pray, I hear God's voice, man, I'm really into the script. Something is happening here in my, in my relationship with God that I think is positive, I give that a, a 8.3, or whatever you call that. Emotional dimension, yeah, even though it's good, going well with God, I keep doubting myself and I keep wondering about, and sometimes I feel a little bit worthless and, so, you know, there's, there's a little bit of depression at times, so something is not really on there, something is wrong. Work dimension, yeah, my boss says I'm doing a good job, so I'm, uh, I think it's going well there. Intellectual dimension, well, I cannot remember when last I read a book or learned something new or so maybe it's not going well there, too. So this is just an example. Eventually, you're going to connect all of those things, and it looks like this. Now, the idea with a life that is in balance, a shalom life, is that those things would be a balanced wheel that keeps growing further and further, bigger and bigger. That's how life should work. But we know that life is often an unbalanced wheel 
So the question then becomes, for this year, 2009, what's going to be this person's greatest priority right now? Working on the intellectual dimension. It's not ministry. That's more or less in place. It's not per se social. That looks good. Intellectual development. What new things am I going to challenge myself to learn this year? And then the physical dimension. Maybe I should eat less of that uh, mud cake that I'm so happy about. You know, chocolates. <laughs> maybe I've said the wrong thing now. I realize that. You know, whatever I need to do there. Can you see the idea there? That's how you connect it. That's how you determine, together with God, look, what dimension in my life is more in need of attention in 2019, and which ones are less in need of attention. So it can then go further. So on the other side, you'll find this. We looked at that. Uh, use this to take stock of how well it is going in each dimension of your life, with zero in the middle and ten on the outer rim. What is most unwell and therefore being challenged by God to grow or to improve? What is most unwell in your life? I want to almost challenge you, before you just tackle the piece of paper, which a few people already have started doing, especially the three, three people on the Enneagram <laughs> in the room. <laughs> Threes on the Enneagrams just want to achieve the goal, you know, so they, they go for it immediately. It's just how it is. What's most unwell and therefore being challenged by God to grow and to improve? What does the Bible say about it? So before you start doing it, just have a quick prayer. Just close your eyes. Say, Lord, just speak into my heart. Help me understand. Then you mark those one to or zero to ten things on your diagram in some way that works for you. And then you ask yourself, and this is homework really, because we're not going to do all of that right here. Then you ask yourself, what does the Bible say about this? What does Proverbs say about this kind of thing? What does the rest of the Bible say about this? Lord, help me to understand and speak into this in my life. Because clearly, Lord, I can now see, yeah, you're saying that my relationship with friends is not healthy enough. And I need to work on that. But I, I don't fully know, Lord. I mean, that, that's, that's why it's not healthy, because I don't know how to do it. So, Lord, what does the Bible say about this? That's how you work with this. Okay, and uh, once again, you have five minutes. I'm very happy to move around. If you just put up your hand, I'll come and help you and uh, see where it goes. I'm going to give it a solid five minutes this time. So start by a quick, quiet prayer, and then think about it. Don't just do it. Think about this a little bit, and then we will finish the service after that. There it is, five minutes. Let's finish it off. Last slide, it says the following, last words. God constantly challenges us to take stock and to re-strategize our lives with Him. And the beginning of the year is a natural rhythm in our lives to do exactly that. I believe beginning of the year is stock take time, it's re-strategize time. I believe so much in it that I put aside intentional time to make sure that this happens. Why is it so? Because God loves us just the way we are, but too much to let us stay that way. I truly believe this. I love the tension that is in that sentence. There's a tension there. 
Lord, but if you love us just the way that we are, why is it that you constantly want us to grow and, and improve and, and uh, excel for you, you know, that kind of thing? Because you're my image bearers. Because you made in my image, which makes you my image bearers. And I want the world not to see a weak God, but an excellent God. Something in that space. Too much to let us stay that way. God is always on a journey with us, always. Ultimately, God wants us to grow to be more like Jesus and live flourishing lives. Lives that flourishes us, as well as the lives of others. A life of impact, a life of meaning. So I pray and hope that this morning, just these two simple exercises that, uh, that we did, helps you to just stand still and reflect a little bit. If you read the Word of God, just Proverbs, the 31 chapters, you know, for those months that have 31 days. And, uh, you know, there's basically a chapter for every day of the month. You can read through Proverbs easily in a month by tackling it one chapter at a time. There's always something there that God is doing in our lives. Just read that. Let the Word speak into your life. Let it renew you, as James said. It's an amazing thing. It's almost like the, uh, the Word is the yeast that comes into our life and makes it all rise. There's a catalytic activity that happens when that, is that the right way to say it, Warwick? Catalytic activity. I've never used that language. But anyway, so I pray that that would happen because of this exercise. Go home, tackle it as homework, reflect on it a little bit more so that you can get the deepest value out of what happened here this morning that you can possibly. In the name of Jesus, let's pray. Lord, thank you that you are always constantly busy with us. Like a good father and a good mother that would never leave a child alone, but is always on the lookout for ways and opportunities to help them learn, help them grow, help them become the best them that they can be. Lord, so you are, even just more so. I mean, that is the image that we have, the earthly image, but you are just doing that to the umph degree, and it's a fantastic thing for us. It's fantastic to know, Lord, we have somebody in our corner that's looking out for us and have our best, best interest at heart. That's you. At the beginning of a year, help us, Lord, to stand still. Help us to reflect deeply. Help us to be honest with ourselves before you. Holy Spirit, speak into us about those things and areas in our life that you really want us to become aware of as in need of immediate attention. Others may be in need of longer term attention, whatever it is. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and speak into our hearts about what needs to happen, what needs to grow, what needs to improve. And then, Lord, we commit ourselves this morning to do that diligently with you. To diligently and with discipline continue to work to grow to become more like Jesus in 2017. Uh, 2019. <laughs> well, 2017 as well, but every year thereafter. So, Lord, we thank you for all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen.